You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, welcome to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. Today, I am so excited. We have Stacy Peterson. Uh, this goes back well over a year ago when we started the podcast. Uh, we started putting the list of people we wanted to podcast, and I think Stacy made top five of our list, and we were excited. How we met Stacy was originally through the Real Estate B School, and the one thing I remember is... Most of you are listening to this, not watching it, so you can't see the smile, but this girl (laughs) smiles all the time. And we met her in Phoenix at uh, the Real Estate B-School event where actually both Jacoby and I joined the B-School at that time. And she had just, and and I will let her talk about it, but she was just actually probably going through some big transitions because she seemed to kind of have a new role in the, with B-School and she didn't seem to be as stressed out as most realtors at that time. And so <laughs> welcome, Stacy. Thank you. I am honored yeah. to be here. So I appreciate it. Yep. And so Stacy used to own a real estate business and lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And probably like most people, like you have to actually look that up to see where it's at. And so, <laughs> and or the other one I noticed on Facebook, you could always say you're from Scotland. Yes. Right. right. And then people get confused. They're really excited. They're like, Oh, yeah. you're from Scotland. I'm like yeah. South Dakota. And yeah. then they're like, Oh, <laughs> so give us a little backstory on yourself and uh, intro the way you'd like to be intro. All right. So little backstory. I started real estate in 2002, kind of like straight out of college. And I started real estate because I really thought it was cool that they got to have like their face on a billboard and <laughs> like Perfect. just very ego- <laughs> egotistical. Yes. Yeah. But I came from a super small town and we didn't have realtors. We just, you know, like went to an auction or you knew the family. So you just purchased it. So I didn't really understand it was a job. So when I saw that it was like the celebrity type status, I was just all intrigued and kind of had a real estate background with my family. And so um, fast forward, started a team with five other people and we really just shared services. So it wasn't a traditional team. We kind of shared an admin and, you know, put our listings in the real estate book, but sold a lot of real estate. The year I had my son, I sold 50 houses in six months. And so I was really just, you know, busting from all ends. I couldn't wait to take maternity leave. Like I was like, I'm out. See you guys. And so then I knew there had to be a better way. And I started coaching with a company and they were really teaching like team building or, you know, how to have other people help you do the thing you do. And I thought, well, that has to be the ticket. Like that's the end all be all grow a team. You'll be happy. It'll be great. And so in 2011, started another team, grew that team to 300 transactions in five years. And again, was like burning out. 
and just busting from the seams because now it was new problems. It wasn't just me doing production and not at home at night and, you know, two toddlers, which are 16 months apart, two dogs. So, I mean, like I had poop up to here. I was just done. And, uh, you know, you got deals falling apart all the time. And so then as we, when you have a great team who these people were amazing, like love all my team members. Um, but it was just new problems, you know, like, okay, this guy and this deal and how do I do this? And so it just didn't feel as fulfilling as I thought it would. I thought it just would be more time home. And it was than being an individual agent, but it definitely wasn't everything I thought it would be. So while I was um, growing this team in 2011 is when I was kind of, again, like hitting the wall and we had one admin until we hit 220 transactions. So we were very systems-based and we'll kind of talk about how I learned all of that. But my heart was really in coaching the agents. And so fast forward, I got to, in 2016, I sold my team, which had never been done here. I did not own a brokerage. I just sold the team. And um, then I transitioned into becoming a real estate coach and then CEO of that company. And so it's just been a really cool ride. So that is the quick synopsis. I actually thought you were going to get, uh, when we had Lars on, Lars tried to take control of the podcast. Like, and so we had him do the intro and then all of a sudden, wait, he's got an agenda on all the points he wants to get across here. And so we had to stop him. And, um, but one of the things we ask on all of our guests is uh, obviously the name of our podcast is called success without sacrifice. And we always love to hear what our guests think. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I totally thought success was money and status and what people thought I was versus who I was. And so now what I know is that success without sacrifice means not giving myself up in the process on what I ultimately determine as success for my life. And it probably has zero to do with my career. It's about my family. It's about spending time with them. And it's about being true to myself and not just grinding because that's what people praise or that's what looks good to the outside. It's, you know, my faith, my family, my friends, and then ultimately being true to myself. Very good. Well, that's cool. awesome. I'll let you jump in here. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I like, as you're telling the whole story, I'm like thinking through this whole thing. That's, it's always so interesting. The th- the stories I like to hear are the stories of, you know, when you say you had your son and you're like, I couldn't wait to get on maternity leave, you know? And so I always love talking to, obviously most realtors are, are women, you know, the demographic is, you know, women dominate our industry, but I always think it's amazing because, you know, my, my wife is a stay at home mom. And so whenever I see realtors that have kids and then they're also like killing it in real estate, I'm like, wow, like for one, mm-hmm. how is that emotionally, physically? And, you know, and then if you're married, you're also taking care of your husband too. Like that's absolutely crazy. Right. And so I think, you said your definition of success without sacrifice is, is really awesome. So what, um, I guess my first question is, is like, once you got to that point or you went from, um, you know, thinking the success was all about your job and, and all of that point, what were kind of the points there where you're like, okay, I need to, something needs to change or I need to change. And then how did you make that shift or transition from there? 
Yeah. One big thing that had happened was I was, you know, just like every realtor, you're, you're always like apologizing for what you're doing to like your family and spouse. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, but it'll be fine. I'm doing this for us. And they're like, yeah, could care less, you know, because, you know, you're always late for dinner or you're always, you know, Oh, can you quick do this? Because uh, I have to go do this now. And so when, when my kids were little, I just realized, you know, you have like parent guilt or mom guilt, and then you have wife guilt, and then you have business guilt. And I think men have it too. They have family guilt, they have wife guilt, and they have, you know, business guilt too. When you're home, you're thinking about business. When you're at business, you're like guilting yourself of all the things that you're not doing with your family. And mine just got, the one of the biggest ones was I actually went on a mission trip and my daughter was one. And I came back from the mission trip and she acted like she didn't know who I was. She was like scared. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm your mom. And I'm like, I'm never going on a mission trip again. (laughs) But it had nothing to do with the mission trip, right? It was the time that I was not spending with her. So my son, I did three months maternity leave. My daughter, I did a week and a half and went straight back to work. And so you know, and obviously you can't take them to daycare and I didn't have, my parents didn't live here. So she was with me, but I'm not with her, right? She's physically beside me. I'm not really paying attention. And so that was kind of the first thing that hit me. And my husband's super supportive. So he would step in, do laundry, make food, like try to make it as easy on me as possible, but he could see that I'm like, just kind of falling apart. You know, I'm not as happy. I'm really short. I'm really grumpy. I have no energy and it's just getting worse. And so he decided, this is a couple years later, decided to surprise me with a vacation quick because he knew he couldn't get me out very long. And um, we went to the Mall of America, (laughs) which doesn't sound like a vacation, but sometimes you just got to do something quick. So of course I listed a home and it had like 50 off, or excuse me, 50 people through it. And we got like six, seven offers. It was just a great house. So everybody's calling me. We're driving to the cities. And I'm just like, Seth, just let me work on the way to the cities. Like, what do you care? You're driving. The kids are, you know, watching a movie. What, you know, he's like, all right, fine. So we get to the cities. And of course, the deal's not done. I'm negotiating that. I also end up with the buyer who also has to get their house on the market, like by the time I get home, of course, you know, because everybody's got to get their house on the market in a day. And so we go to the Mall of America. And then the next morning, we're we're like sitting in the mall, we're going to get ready and do like all the things with the kids. And my phone rings again. And so I'm talking on it and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and pretty soon I get off the phone and my husband looks at me and he's like, you know, if we don't really matter to you, I don't know why we're here. And I, I mean, if flames could have came out of my head, they wow. would have. I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm doing this for us. Like, you know, rah! and he like walks away with one kid in a stroller and I got the other one, you know, and I'm just like, just so frustrated. Well, then obviously find him probably very quickly, but I realized that I was the problem, that all this isn't happening to me. I'm choosing all of this. I'm choosing to let an offer get in my way. And I had a team at the time. 
So there was plenty of people that would have been happy to probably take those calls. And so I have to tell this part of the story because my husband always says I make him sound like this monster and he's totally not. He was right. And uh, of course we're still married and, and everything's great, but he was, he was right. And he was right to call me out. And if you meet Seth, he is like the nicest, the you know most sincere, quiet. So for him to say something, you know it had to be like, just about unbearable. That, that's an absolute awesome story. Um, <laughs> well, the other part too, is you, you had, you got to have some humility in there too, right. For yourself, because there's, is that just who you are in your nature or is it just like, okay, this is literally just it. And we, I've got to make a change here. So we've all, I think we all yeah. have those moments because I, when you said that, I'm thinking about me and my wife as well, you know? And so like, yeah. but you have to internally go inside yourself and say, oh, he was right. And that's painful. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I am a person that constantly takes on personal responsibility, but I also take on more than, than is needed. In this case, I needed to completely own that. But I think a lot of times realtors, maybe even women's especially, take on a lot of personal responsibility for things. And that's where that tug comes from. So, oh my gosh, I'm upsetting them. Okay, I'll pull it back. Oh shoot, now I'm upsetting them. And now this is happening. And then we we live with all that guilt and it kind of bubbles up. And as well as I think, you know, there still is a little bit of expectations and, and we might do it to ourselves, but you know, you, you're supposed to be this great mom and have everything together. And like your kids need to have laundered clothes and like it needs to look good. And you need to have great meal plans and know how to do that. And then you need to like, you know, work out, but you got to look cute doing it. And then, you know, you got to run a business. And so I think for me, I was, I was pulling guilt to myself by my choice on all of those things. Like, man, I am just sucking in every avenue of life. And when really you're not, but that's your view of something when things feel chaotic or things feel out of control, or at least for me, that's where I tend to go. I start to pick everything, you know, out and say, oh, see proof that's not working. You know, instead of living in the journey and living through accomplishments and seeing those for what they are instead of all the little missteps along the way. Where was that in your timeline? What year was that? The mall? Yeah. Let's see. Cohen and Vivian had to be about two or three. So that was about, I would say 2013, something like that. And did that moment uh, catapult you to fix the problem? Or was that just kind of an identification to it? Or did was that motivation for you that I've got to do this differently? Okay, so that is like the best question ever. Because now that you made me identify the timeline, I did realize that something had to completely change. And that's when I met Lars Hedenborg, who ended up being my coach and then obviously um, work with him at real estate B school, but I watched him. So I feel like my life's falling apart. I'm not appreciative of my agents. In fact, I think, 
they're just the worst. And they're not, right? It's the leader. <laughs> but I'm constantly like disappointed in them. And, you know, I'm over here doing this and you're doing nothing. No, they're not. They're great people. Um, but I just have no appreciation or gratitude, probably for anybody. And I was coaching with this other company and they taught me so much. Like I am forever grateful for them as well because they really helped me catapult the team and get sales going and set all that up. I couldn't have done that. What was the other company? Can you? Um, Kinder Reese. Okay. Was the was the first coaching company? Yeah, and so they fantastic. And then yeah, so we've had Lars and Jay on the podcast. So yes, <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah, love Jay. Love Wally was my coach. Cliff, like all, they were all amazing. So then in 2013, I just kind of so again the mall happened. It had to be right about then, and I will have to for sure find that date because I bet it's really close. Now that you just asked me this. And I watched Lars on stage talk about his family and his faith. And he didn't seem to like hate everything like I did. He didn't seem to be like, in, you know, in this drama that I had like created in my head. And so I called him on a Friday and I said, I thought, first of all, he doesn't even know who I am, but I know who he is. You know, he's on stage winning the big awards and you know, we have this like funny joke where I like act out how he got this big award that's like twice the size of him. So we laugh about it. But, um, you know, I'm in the audience watching him and I'm like, I want to be like him. You know, he seems to kind of have it together and just just like this different mindset than sort of what I'm seeing from other people. So called him on a Friday and he's like, call me on Monday. I'm starting a coaching company. And <laughs> I'm like, that sounds weird. Who wouldn't say that? But okay, I call you on Monday. And I thought, oh, great. You know, he's just like the rest of us. Like, yep, I'll call you back and get that CMA done for you on Monday. And it's like next Thursday. And I'm like, crap, I forgot to do it. <laughs> so I thought that's what was going to happen. Called him on Monday. Sure enough, he actually did start a coaching company and had the contract ready to go. You know, and if you if your listeners um, don't know Lars, if you ever meet him, you'll know that about him. He does what he says. So started coaching with him and immediately I could tell sort of just his like engineer mindset. And oddly enough, in my real estate career, I think probably if I had to guess a percentage, 70% of my clients were engineers. I just, my brother was, and so he knew lots of people. And so, and I ended up working with the engineers, but I appreciated how they thought because it's very meticulous. And like, this is why, and there's always a system. And I was that way. I just couldn't get out of my own way to kind of connect the dots. So working with Lars, I connected the dots got out of production after three months of working with him and started coaching for him four months into working with him. And I just loved it. I loved helping people figure out the holes in their business. Like to be able to have someone trust you and say, Hey, this is where this is, this is what's not working. Maybe this is where I'm failing. This is what I'm feeling. That is so huge to me. And I take it on very personal, like let me help you. Let me look at what you've got. Let me look at what's happening and let's fix it together. Like there's no blame. There's no shame. Let's just work on it together and fix it. So that was, that was like a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess, of just getting to help everybody, you know, 
work with work through their businesses and specifically, you know, team leaders is who we specialize in, but yeah, really fun. So you called Lars. He wasn't a coach then. Uh, you just liked what you saw on stage, weren't really connected to him. So was that a hard call to make? Was that uh, like, where were you at with that? Cause I think that's the, when we're asking for help, you know, it's, I, I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes it's really difficult to do. And then when you're asking somebody who's not a coach for help, that's yeah. even different. Right. Yeah. I, I was nervous to call because I thought <laughs> I don't want him to say no, probably like a kid, right? Like, how am I going to talk about this? So he says, yes. So I had a number in my mind. I was like, okay, all I want from him is three days. I want to go to his office. I want to shadow him. Uh, and then I want him to help me with some things that I can't quite figure out. And so I had a number in my head. I'm like, I'll pay him. You know, I think at the time it was like, I'll pay him $25,000 for three days. Cause I thought, I think he'll do that. And that's a lot of time. And so when I called him, he was nicer than nice. He's like, you know, Oh, hi. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to coach you. Let's talk about it. I'm starting company on Monday. I'm like, Okay. And, you know, and so I was like, okay, well then I guess we're not paying you 25,000 up front. That actually works out better. So it is, it's hard to ask for help, but I think you just got to be to the point. I, I honestly was to the point of no return. So when we started coaching with him, he made me shoot a video and he's shown this video before. And it's just horrible. Cause I'm like ugly crying, but you have to, uh, he had me like talk to my family and say how it was going to be different a year later. So I didn't even make it through the intro. I'm like, hi kids, it's Bob, you know, <laughs> like crying right away, you know? But, um, I told him, I said, you know what, I'm going to give this one year. If you can help me turn this around in one year, I'll consider that good. If not, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to Starbucks. Maybe I'll like start something else. I don't know. I mean, I love to start businesses. So I was like, well, whatever, but this, I, I cannot do this. This just can't be this hard. And so um, I think I was to the point of no return because I've started lots of things and not finished them or said I was committed and I'm not, but I really was this time. I just, I didn't look back. I'm like, I'm going to shut my eyes and ears off to everything else. I'm going to put my head down and I'm just going to do it. And I don't feel like I had done that for a long time prior to that. I just, like I said, let things say yes to everything, say no to all the wrong things. And so it was pure commitment. All right. I got two questions out of what you just said. Number one is I think it's really good because a lot of times when we hear people's stories and this is also in my head because we just came off of hearing Tony Robbins. Right. And so it's like you were at the point of no return. And so a lot of times we're looking for how do we do something and we're asking the questions. But honestly, when I hear what you're saying is it's almost like your emotion drove that whole thing. You know, I, I, I haven't seen that video, but I've heard about it. And so it's like that video is like, this is the point of no return. Like I almost like your family's at stake, right? Is like what yeah. it is and you are committed to it. And so it's almost like no matter what you do is going to work, right? Because you're like, I'm right. all in at that point, right? And so my next question is when you worked with 
did you already have an idea of what you needed to do? And then you kind of set that in place with the help of like Lars at this point, or was it a, a matter of like, I don't really know what to do. And he's kind of helping me do that and put it in place. And because I've got all this drive behind it, can you kind of talk into that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it was, I have, I seem to have all the pieces of a successful team, a successful business, but for some reason, like it's not happening. Nothing feels like a well-oiled machine. It feels like we are recreating the wheel every single day. So he really helped me by first dissecting the structure of my team and what I had going on. So you know, who's doing this? Who's doing that? How is this working? And what we found was people are stepping over each other. And specifically, I had a business partner and he was, him and I were both going on the listings together. Him and I were both like just doing everything. So the agents are confused, you know, we're confused. So we really started with the structure of, okay, who's running a sales team? Who's running the operations piece of it? And I naturally love the operations more. And so that's kind of the first part, how we split. And so then I actually scrapped a ton of systems that I already had. And I thought, I'm not going to try to piecemeal this thing and see, you know, okay, well, I think what you say over here will work, but I like how we do this. I just said, I'm not attached to it. I just want it to be better. So I scrapped a lot of things and just started using, you know, what, what he had to show me, which at the time, you know, now real estate B-School is involved into lots of videos, lots of documents where I got like, it actually was Dropbox at first. It was like five folders of stuff. And so I printed it all out, put it in binders, marked it all up. I'd sit at night in bed and I'd like, rewrite contract to close stuff like okay that's not us we don't do that okay got it boom hand it to my admin the next day she'd clean it all up give it back to me and so we did that but it helped us to go through it pretty quickly some of the baseline things that weren't working well you know if we're getting tons of calls from clients we know that contract to close isn't working we knew that you know we were two-stepping every single listing appointment and and my business partner and i were going on it that can't work long-term. You know, we're selling at that point, we're probably selling, oh, 60 listings a year. And so try to coordinate two people's schedules on 60 listings, you know, and we knew we were growing. So, you know, it was just a lot of those things that seem simple. Like when I say it, like who came up with the idea for both of us to go on a listing appointment? It was probably me. That doesn't work, <laughs> you know? So once you kind of have another eye on your business that's not attached to it that's where you can make some progress because you know they're they're just here to pull it apart and help you see because you can't see with your own blinders on awesome so i'd like to kind of transition a little bit so you are from south dakota that's where you were originally born i just want to kind of hear about this obviously i was in the, in the air force and so when i hear south dakota I think of yes. Minot and I think of like all my buddies that have been stationed there and kind of how cold it is. So tell us a little bit, yes. a little story about your, yeah, your, your bio, you know, uh, where you're from, what you grew up doing, how'd you find your husband, that sort of thing. Okay. So I was born actually in Alaska. My dad was in the air force. And so, but my mom and dad 
grew up near each other kind of, but my dad was from Scotland. So I was born in Alaska. We moved back to Scotland when I was two. And so I grew up in that small town, which is about 75 miles from where I live now. So didn't go too far. I loved growing up in a small town. I think it shaped me in a lot of ways because I knew everybody. And Jerry, it's funny that you said that I smile a lot. You might have to ask my family. I don't know if they'd say that. But um, when I was young, my brother had a babysitter. Her name was Mabel. So cute. And Mabel one time told me that there was two twins in town. (laughs) And the twins, one of them was smiley and one of them wasn't. And so Mabel pointed out to me one day, she said, isn't it nice how the smiley one always says hi to everybody, makes them feel welcome. And then do you notice that you don't feel as great around the one that doesn't smile as much? And I literally like internalize that. So I was like, I'm going to be the person that makes people feel good when they walk into a room and smile. And so obviously high eye um, as a kid and uh, just, I loved the fact that people in my small town were always like supporting me. They were always happy. They were always pointing out great things that I did. And so I think part of that was then when I went to college and you're like a number and all of a sudden, like no one knows who you are. It could have been one of the reasons why I I actually wanted to be on a billboard. I thought, well, I need this back. You know, I need this (laughs) accolades back. But my growing up, my dad had bought houses and then I mean, flipped them, but we didn't call it flipping at the time, but we'd fix them up and then he'd rent them out or sell them. And so as a kid, we would constantly be painting houses or, you know, doing something to fix them up. And I would say that, you know, my dad was gone a lot. He worked a lot. And so one of the things that I kind of learned was, you know, sort of that work ethic and not having to be pushed in your, in the direction all the time or motivated, like you just expected to get it done. Like if this is your list of things, you get it done. And so I just, I guess I obviously growing up that way, you just kind of take that with you. And so then when I started real estate at um, 23, I sold my husband's brother a house. So he worked with my brother and that's how I met him. I sold his brother a house and he, he was actually sitting in my house one day. So Seth was sitting in my foyer and he had like a black eye he had a cast on his leg. He needed a haircut. And I come down the stairs because it was like a split foyer. So I walked down the stairs and I'm like, if you look like this, what's the other guy look like? And he's, he kind of laughed. He's like, oh, well, actually I was in a bad car accident and in a coma. I'm like, oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I thought it was like some bar fight or something. I don't know. And so um, anyway, so I sat there and talked to him while my brother And his brother were moving my brother out of my house. So in college, I had bought a house with my parents and um, I rented it out to people. And my brother was living there while he was going to college. And so now he was moving out. So met him and he's seven years younger than me. So that was kind of odd, you know, at the time, because he's like 19 and (laughs) I'm like a woman with my career. And so, um, but of course we hit it off and um, we're married two years later and now we have two kids and two dogs and um, we're really happy. So 
pretty cool. Uh, that's an awesome story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. So many places I could go there, but I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> yeah, right. I know it. <laughs> well, as we're kind of moving along, the next like big thing that you had talked about is uh, selling the company, uh, selling the team, not the company, and yeah. Uh, that's intriguing because I actually thought you had a brokerage uh, and sold the brokerage. Yeah, no, no brokerage. Yeah. yeah. So when I started working with Lars um, and we really started, you know, tracking financials and we had these systems and I started to realize that a business wasn't as much about the people as the underlying infrastructure, right? And not that the people weren't important, but a business is a foundation of something. And so because we had these systems and we were tracking everything, we knew, you know, how many leads were coming from what, we knew how much we were making on them, we were recording the calls, we had just tracking everything. And I started to realize that I wanted to be a coach more than I wanted to run a team because I was spending like, three, four days coaching and one day in my team. So I'm sitting in the office with my door closed so I can coach all day. And so it just came to a point where I felt like it wasn't fair. You know, it's not fair to my team for me to be quote unquote, not even coaching them and kind of hiding because it was running like a well-oiled machine. And I knew that I could show 30% profit in that business with me out of it because I was out of production and we could plug in new agents And those agents then were selling, you know, three to six houses in their first 90 days. And so I knew that we had like a really good thing going. And so as I'm starting to think about, you know, where I wanted to go and how, you know, how I can add value and coaching was needing me more and more and more, I really just had this heart for the reason I wanted to be a coach was honestly for coaching clients kids so like for your guys's kids and here's why because as a child of a parent that was gone all the time working I just have a heart for those kids and the parents that didn't get to spend as much time together as maybe they could have and so my whole goal with coaching was of course I care about the clients and I want your businesses to be awesome but I really want in the back of my head the kids one day to say, I'm so happy that my parent was a realtor because we got to have all these experiences. They came to every game. They did all the things. And so that was really what made me want to be a coach. And because of how we coach, we talk a lot about families, you know, and, and those things. So I moved into coaching more and more. And then in 2016 made the decision that I want to sell my business. So We could have went, I had a business partner. We could have went a couple routes. We could have sold it to another brokerage or maybe our own, but our own wasn't really interested in teams as much, but we knew that brokerages wanted to come into the market. So we could have done that like a Berkshire Hathaway or something like that um, at the time. And then secondly, we could have sold it to another team because again, we can show we have this profitable business without us in it. Or lastly, I could sell it to my business partner or, you know, obviously just walk away with nothing. So we had an outside party that um, evaluate the business and compare it to mostly brokerages because 
even around the country, we couldn't find teams that had sold, but because we ran kind of like a brokerage, except we had better profit. Um, it was easy to see, you know, where we were grow, where our trajectory was going and then, you know, what those had sold for. So it came in at a seven figure valuation. And, um, so I made the decision to sell when that came. So my business partner bought me out, um, because he wanted to stay and run that business. But if he wouldn't have, we would have went just the whole route of, like I said, the other couple options that we could have went down. But that was a good move for me. And then I went straight into the day I sold the company, the next day, full, full-time real estate B-school and, and trucking away. So really so the day exciting. you sold, you were done? Yes. The day I sold, I was done. So I didn't do any kind of long-term, you know, anything like that. When I was done, I was done. And I felt that was fair to them because as a driver, or this is my baby too, um, if I saw things, if, if there's like a longer, you know, contract with it and, and I see something that, you know, they change that maybe I loved, well, then I'm going to have the propensity to kind of come back in and, you know, give my opinion. And so, you know, I just felt it was best. Let's be done. It helps me cut ties and, and move forward. That's really, yeah, really, really good. I love, uh, I love the story of, um, what I'm really getting from this whole interview is like your why is so important, right? So how you transitioned to, to finding Lars and, and getting your business more on track. I'm sure it was on track before, but, and then why you, why you're in coaching. I like, I can remember because I always went to retirement ceremonies for military and the first people that they apologize to is to the wife and kids. Right. And that's why, that's actually why I got out of the yeah. military is so I could, you know, and then we had my son after we got out. And so that's, I really connect with that. Like, it's really, really good. And that's why you coach, which is, you know, why you do what you do. So it's, that's, uh, that's awesome. I really like that. So as we're like wrapping up here, I just want to ask, uh, what my last question is, obviously you've transitioned to, I want to know why you kind of joined EXP, right? What did you see there? So you are coaching, you're good, you're successful with coaching. And then why'd you transition to, to EXP? I also want yeah. to start out. So yours and Lars's transition to EXP, like the story's a little, is a little foggy, I guess would be. So I want your version. <laughs> okay. Okay. So EXP, probably like everybody, right. You know, you, you watched it and you're like, I honestly, I didn't care too much. I liked my brokerage and I wasn't selling anymore. Right. Just referrals, sending referrals to my team. But I wasn't selling. So the support and things to me weren't as big of a, a draw. Right. And I thought that's what a brokerage does. Hopefully they'll support you in sales. You know, they might help you with signs and things like that. And so, um, a friend of mine, John Mike ish, um, was at my house actually. And he was talking about his team and, you know, just some things that were happening for him. And we talked about it all the time. I mean, he was at my house, over he traveled for 18 months and he was probably at my house three four times with his family so we like are really good friends and anyway he he ultimately said would you take a look at this presentation for my team I'm gonna talk to him about something but I want you you to tell me and I was like you know how it goes I'm like oh of course I'm so honored <laughs> and so um he sets an appointment and I say to Lars I'm like hey 
Mike is just doing something with his team. I'm not sure what, but he wants me to listen to his presentation. He's like, oh, okay, well, let me know. I'm like, yeah, I'll let you know. I don't know. So he goes through this whole presentation about how, you know, loves his team. And, and it wasn't the typical EXP thing. It was actually, you know, hey, team, just so you know, like I found my permanent home in Montana because he hadn't quite told them that yet. Um, Cause they're in North Carolina and you know, this is what I see. This is where we're going. And then boom, at the end, he flashes this slide at me that says, you know, we're moving to EXP. And I think my jaw hit the floor. I was like, what? I go, you are not you big liar. Do throw that slide in there for me. And he's like, no, no, I Stacy, I am like, he showed me the problems that he was having with his team and it's the same thing that I see with teams all around the country, right? We train people, they're great, but then they maybe want to go on to have better opportunities and we just can't provide that at some point, right? And, and maybe we're the ones making more money on the team and they're in production and maybe they want to get out. And so teams just, we all have just different growing pains as realtors and teams. So anyway, I said, well, all right if you're looking at this, like, you better tell me about it. And at first I was like, he didn't really ask me, like, if I wanted to be a part of it, that's weird. But I was like, okay, well, I said, so send me the stuff. So anyway, I looked at the videos, watched them all. I kept saying to Seth, I'm like, oh, great. I'm getting excited about this, Seth. <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh, what are you going to start now? I'm like, no, I don't even have to start anything. Like it's ready. So anyway, I looked at it. And John was like, you need to talk to Lars about it. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm not talking to him about it. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I run the co his coaching company and now I'm going to say, oh, I'm shifting my focus. Like, no way. And he's like, well, do you, how about I do it for you? I'm like, oh, okay, do it. So anyway, I'm shopping in Omaha on a Saturday and I get a phone call and it's Lars. I look at, I mean, I look at my phone. I'm like, Oh no. I'm like, he knows. So I'm like, hi, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, Lars is like, you know, Oh my gosh. Like, and, and we had some um, things in the coaching business too, that we just wanted to grow more and help more people. And so EXP um, is a really good platform to help agents do what we were already talking about. Keep more money in your pocket, leverage yourself through systems and people. And, you know, EXP offers you multiple ways to earn income as well as grow your business. So it's not just about revenue share or stock, although those, you know, when people are passionate about something, they're going to talk about it a lot. And so you hear that a lot because that is changing people's lives. Like if you don't have a consistent business, it can help that, that income flow get more consistent. And then stock is like a retirement for you. So there's all these great things. And I started looking at it and obviously Lars was too. So on the phone and we were talking and he's like, I don't know, like, I don't know if we should do this. You know, and we're both scared. And I said, well, what if it could change somebody's life? Because we said, yes, like, what about Jerry Weaver? What if, what if it made a difference for Jerry because he now gets an opportunity for passive income and stock and an ability to grow his team without putting more risk into his own business because now he's brokering through someone else. Like what if somebody like that 
gets to be, you know, part of it because we said yes. And so that really kind of started, you know, that was all part of the conversation. And then within, you know, like two, three days, Lars signed up and then I, I fully transferred over my license. It took about two weeks. And so now we're coming up on one year, just about Lars's one year and my one year will be October 1st. So very exciting, but yeah, Jerry was an inspiration and, um, didn't even know it. <laughs> Incredible. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Like I was saying, your whys are like, that's it right there. Right. It's like driving everything. It's like driving home. Exactly. Even what Tony Robbins said, don't think about the how, but you know, that why yeah. is like the fire. And I did notice yeah. you kind of like leaned forward and started talking a little bit forward when you started talking about EXP. So you're like not excited <laughs> at all about it, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just such a fun opportunity and like we all get to partner together and you get to see people. I don't know, just like Tony Robbins. When, when we have been front and center to Tony Robbins front, like my previous company didn't have those types of things and the conversations that we're having are just elevated and seeing people grow their business. Like it is exciting instead of talking about the same things like, well, what's your database marketing look like? Well, are you tracking this? You know, I mean, at some point you've talked through all the things. Well, now you get to learn, you know, what's working all across the country. People step in to help you from every single angle. Um, It's just, I'm just, honestly, I'm just surprised every day about new things that are coming out with, you know, who we're partnering with or what EXP is offering. So it's really exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Like I've had a great time hearing about your story and everything that you, all the insights that you've given us. What is maybe uh, your final takeaways? Like what would you maybe want to end with? And then how can people find you or if they want to, you know, speak with you, ask you any questions or partner up with you or anything like that? Yeah. So I think final thoughts is, you know, if you're having trouble finding your why, um, and committing to something that you know you really want to do, I would say just look inside, look through your pictures, through your phone. You know, what are things that you're looking at constantly seeing? What books are you reading? That will probably tell you what your why is or how to really get to ultimately what's going to help you commit. So if it is, you know, spending more time with my family and my camera roll is full of my family, it's going to help bring out those emotions so I can write it down instead of starting with a blank piece of paper and like, what's my why? Well, you know, and, and then really being able to commit. And if you've tried something before and you really wanted it to work, but for some reason it didn't work, there's probably just something on the commitment level there. And I just encourage you that all of us, Jerry, Jacoby, me, we've all had things that we wanted and failed at or wanted and it didn't go the right way, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to figure out, you know, what you're willing to commit to own up to that. And all of a sudden you will see, you know, the things kind of happen for you. And in order, if you'd like to talk with me or partner with me, you can go to Stacy Peterson, S-T-A-C-I-E, Peterson with an O-N dot work. And I'm happy to help you with anything that you need. And she means that. She's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really appreciate being on the podcast and I love it. Success without sacrifice is 
just such a needed um, topic right now, especially because I think there's so many people trying to find purpose and, you know, find themselves in this world that's, you know, just really chaotic right now. So I appreciate you guys for doing this podcast and allowing me to come on and interviewing the people that you do, because it's bringing a lot of hope and a lot of clarity to people. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And thank you. It was awesome. Yeah. Honored. Honored to be here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.